All right, guys, and we are back on the Nobody's Famous podcast. We have a very special, special show today with a very, uh, I want to say, uh, long-lost friend, um, and it's going to be a very special one. I'm here today with the one and the only Basil Zahar, before I even introduce you to anyone. I'm just going to start mm -hmm. with this, uh, Basil. Your new venture, uh, coaching people and helping them, uh, were you talking about self-love, uh, self-worth, uh, life coaching? If I'm asking you, why should I listen to you? You know, what, what makes you different from all the people that are doing the same thing that you're doing? What, stand, what makes you different from everybody else? The Nobody's Famous Podcast. Good question. Um, to begin, I don't see myself as different from anyone else. Um, what I would say is, if you come from a similar background and you're trying to be understood, seen, heard, then I may be able to help in terms of understanding the Arab background a little bit more. Um, in terms of self-love and meditation and whatnot, I do my best to only talk about what I practice myself and what I find beneficial for myself. At the same time, no one person is the same as the other. So a certain type of meditation may work for me, may not work for someone else. I may feel good eating meat. Someone may feel good just being full vegan. So it's different. What, what I try to do is I try to, show, I try to show people how they think and behave to create an awareness around that because for you to really change, if you want to change, um, you got to know what's going on first. So I hope that answers your question. All right, awesome. Awesome. I mean, there's, um, there will be a lot that we will unpack for sure. And we will uh, we will see if the <laughs> if the method will work. Let's put it that way. We'll see if that will work. Um, second uh, second question to you, uh, Basil. Um, your definition mm -hmm. of a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. And a partnership with your siblings, with your parents. What type of relationship are you defining? Uh, well, actually, I wanted to ask like uh, with a significant other. You know, so we'll go, okay. let's go strong and go with the, with the love side. Okay. I'm going to answer this based on what a mentor of mine has told me and what I practice daily as well. Um, a healthy relationship is two individuals working for themselves to, to grow at the same time being there for one another. To add to that... When you're with someone, what tends to create issues is expectations and desires, okay? Um, and we all have different forms of communicating. So I think a, a good aspect of a healthy relationship is being smart in terms of understanding your significant other, how they communicate, how they express themselves, 
what they like, what they don't like. And to be of service to that person, genuinely, authentically, without needing anything in return. And when you're there, when you're giving and you're supporting, you may or may not receive the same or more or less, but you're, you're, you're providing. Basil, one more difficult question before I actually introduce you to everyone that's been listening to you. Um, sure. <laughs> so imagine I'm, I'm uh, one of your clients, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm somebody that came to you and, and I'm telling you this, uh, Basil, you're a life coach and I'm in trouble. Uh, I want you to help mm -hmm. me. I'm in financial debt. My girlfriend left mm -hmm. me and I'm in a lot of pain. My parents threw me out. Uh, I'm summoned to court. Uh, what do I do? And I have no skills to find a job to put myself <laughs> um, to stand back up. What, what <laughs> advice would you give to such a person? Okay, so you're in trouble. You've got issues with your finances. Your girl left you. You've got court as well. I can't begin to imagine how stressful and difficult that is on you. And to add to that, you don't have the skills to do something for you to work. May I ask how you determine you don't have the skills? I think this is... Uh, how do you determine I, you're in trouble? This is a very good question. And, and kind of one of the things that I, I always try to touch on on the show is... Um, people tend to put themselves down a lot and tend to assume that they don't have the skills or assume that um, they do not have the ability to, uh, to use what they have then and there to change their situation. Again, mm -hmm. this is very different for many different levels of society, for many different cases, uh, but... I'm only saying it as someone who is in despair and someone who is assuming so uh, and assuming that um, and even me at where I am, sometimes I feel that I don't have the necessary skills to take me to the next step. So if I'm feeling mm -hmm. this way, how would somebody in a worse situation feel? You know, I'm, I'm considering myself relatively, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, you know, compared to somebody who might be in a very worse situation. So the reason I say that okay. is probably... Um, from a place of despair. Okay, so if I may answer this or ask you a question, um, with the question, sorry. When someone goes to war and the war finishes or when you watch a football game and it's done, what do people talk about after the game, after the war? The result. Mm -hmm. And do people know the ups and downs that went on in that war, the strategy that the general had to win the war, how many times it failed, how many times it succeeded, what he had to learn throughout the way, how many people he lost, how many people he gained. They uh, assume the facts. Uh, well, it's only until after do they, um, do they find the two facts. But initially, mm -hmm. no, they assume the facts or they don't even consider them. Mm -hmm. So, so one thing, if I could add to that, one thing that I see with, with someone in despair, it's their mind is not here right now. Thinking of the future, or we're dwelling on the past. And in my humble opinion, um, 
You can't know what's going to happen. What you can do is do your very best right now, here. You don't have the skills. We have a lot of different avenues to take and uh, learn. We don't know how to learn. We figure it out. I'll give you an example. I myself have a, let's call it issue for lack of a better word, with attention spam. And I could never finish a book. I could never finish a project. So what I did was I started searching. How do I get something done? How do I do this? How do I get there? And a mentor of mine gave me this app called Pomodoro. I just started using it recently, actually. And this app has a 25-minute timer. You disconnect from the world. 25 minutes, you do what you need to do. 25 minutes done, you have three to five-minute break. You can do whatever you want. Another 25 minutes, you do it four times in a row. At the end, done. You take a break. And that gets your mind primed for the future. I don't know if I went off topic here, but um, there's always a way. There's always a way. And when we're in despair, it's because we're thinking of us. Where am I in this equation? How am I going to get somewhere? What do I do? Whereas when we surrender, me, I, we go like, I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm serving, I'm here. Whoever's here around me now, I'm going to be grateful for that. Whatever roof I have over my head, I'm going to be grateful for that. Whatever I have right now, the shoes I'm wearing, the, the shower I took this morning, I start to uh, raise myself in a new way as a parent to myself. It's not easy. It definitely isn't. Um, but I think that's some, I guess that's some good advice. Uh, the fact that you can uh, probably use an app to keep your focus. And um, I think using that, you will be able to do that naturally. Uh, it will come, I kind of want to say that um, I have selective attention. I would okay. like to, I like to choose what I like to give my attention to and the things that I don't that's like. So, yeah. And I think this is, uh, that is a very good advice that you gave that if you can apply it to almost everything in, in, um, that you're doing, then you can change the situation. And also to comment on your final point, which was about uh, appreciating where you are in the current uh, moment, rather than thinking what you're going to do in the future, or thinking about the mistakes that you had done in the past, um, is also another, it's another good piece of advice, because we tend to go throughout the day, um, just doing things, and not not either not enjoying the the uh, something that we have right now or if you for example and you have some great food in front of you you tend to maybe eat it quickly because you need to get on to the next thing so you don't really really enjoy uh the moment and this is i i won't get into that now because there's a lot of um, reasons why that may be um, you know, on all different levels of society, people at different levels will feel the different sense of urgency. Um, mm -hmm. That's good advice, Basil. And um, I want to say that, yeah, go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. It, um, I don't mean to be advising here. It's a, a way I try my best to live my life. Every person is different, you know. You got to eat something quick to get somewhere you have responsibilities. Go ahead by all means. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, this is uh, this is the point where I uh, I have decided that I would like to formally introduce you. <laughs> um, I apologize for hitting you with uh, with three difficult questions, but I thought that um, we should set the tone for the type of show that this would be. And okay, and, awesome. and and I knew that you would uh, you would be uh, able to uh, to kind of answer, uh, and I will continue to challenge you, uh, as I believe this is this is. Um, something that you have done to yourself as well as as mm -hmm. as the audience will will realize so moving on to to who is who is Basil Zahar uh, i want to set the stage here and um, <clears throat> you sent me a very uh, very um, you know um, in-depth bio and in-depth answers to to your to your life uh, and to your journey and you you said that um, your school years have affected your upbringing, affected the way you are. Uh, it, it made you, uh, as you say, a coward that ultimately made you afraid of not doing things. You ran away from doing things. Uh, you would start something, not finish it, uh, which then in turn caused you in university to go a little bit, you know, in a, in, a, in a crazy spiral, you got into substances, doing things like maybe to the max, uh, and then uh, and then moving on to your work career, which you said was not great as well because you were changing jobs um, all the time. Uh, and then when you moved to Australia in 2019, you said that that was a wrecking ball of emotions and that um, you thought you were ready for something, but you weren't. So I have two questions about you. So this is now people kind of have know a brief idea of who you are. I have two questions here. The first one is how are you so attuned to how you how you felt all those years ago? So how do you know that these are the things that you felt, which leads me to believe that you have a, a high emotional quotient or you know yourself pretty well. And my second question is given all of that and for what's to come in the show is what do you think people will be able to take away from this show so they can benefit? Hmm. Good questions. Um, okay. Can, can I ask you to repeat the first question, please? Sure. Uh, I wanted to know how attuned you are with the feelings you felt at every stage of your life. Okay. Up, up to now. Okay. Um, attuned, you mean aware of these feelings that are driving yeah. my life? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I never was. Um, I was a little boy who always stayed a little boy. Not that being a little boy is not good. It's wonderful to be playful. It's wonderful to bring out the innocence in you. At the same time, we're no longer little boys, we're adults. And I didn't see that way. Growing up at home, school, and then uni, you mentioned I didn't do great uh, at work as well. And I don't see that I didn't do great because good or bad have so many different definitions. You know, I see that what happened happened and it led me to where I am right now. And I'm very grateful for it. And 
I just recently have begun, began to become attuned to my emotions. When I went to Australia in 2019, I said I got hit by a wrecking ball of emotions. So, you know, when someone, I mean, uh, let's say some of us may think we can do something and when we're put in that situation, we don't, we're not who we thought we are. And growing up, I created a story in my mind about who I am. My actions did not match that story. And I was lying to myself and I was blind to it too. Not all the time. So when I went to Australia and I got hit, uh, I went into a down, downward spiral and I couldn't accept. And I needed that control of that story in my head, which I had back in Abu Dhabi because things were easy financially speaking. Uh, and then in Australia, everything hit the fan. So anyway, I stayed in Australia for about a year and a bit. And I came back here to Lebanon three months ago, four months ago. And I was still not attuned. I was still rejecting that idea of who I really was and these emotional drives until I started meeting some good people along the way that confronted me instead of being the coaches or therapists that would soothe you. You know what I mean? Because soothing and self-pity were strong points. Um, and I mentioned that I had narcissistic figures in my life and I tended to have these behavioral traits as well along with codependent traits, depending on others and not depending on myself and being responsible for myself. So when I came here and I was confronted with my coaches and, and doctors, uh, there was a massive flow of anger and sadness, but then there was this wonderful surrender. surrender to these expectations and desires of who I wanted to be and who I thought I was. And my mentor tells me, you're nothing. My next year. Today, if all the bees in the world die, we won't be here in two years. If all the worms in the world die, this planet will go to shit. But if us as humans, disappear, it'll flourish. At the same time though, we are everything. How so? We're here to serve, we're here to make it a better place. And we serve by forgetting ourselves. And that's what I've come to learn. So to answer your second question, I don't know if I was uh, scattered a little bit with my thoughts there. But to answer your second question, what do people want to take from this? I'd say don't let your past define you. I'd say 
we're here now, some of us, and this is quoting actually a person I watched today on video, I can't remember his name. Some of us have been through traumatic events to get to where we are. Some of us have had financial hardships. Some of us have not been able to join the crowd. Some of us have fit in too much to the crowd to get to where we are now. What I'm trying to say here is don't let now be ruined by before. Appreciate this. Appreciate where you've gotten to. Appreciate what, you, what you've done. But don't let it define you. Because as Alan Watts says, you're under no obligation to be the same person you were five minutes ago. And if people are going to see that change in you, which they will, and it's going to be very hard to accept, even if it's a good change. Trust that in time, you know, you'll find those people that are for you. Or in time, those people that are with you now will understand. And know that when you're doing something to benefit others, you're serving, you've got the right attitude. And at the same time, you're enjoying and exploring your life. You got nothing to worry about. It's, uh, <laughs> I want to say, I want to say that um, it's very, uh, it's very difficult things to do what we are saying right now. Uh, and that's why in my next mm -hmm. questions, I obviously want to go a bit more, more specific onto these. But mm -hmm. I think, uh, I think that's, you know, like I'm kind of going through this, for example, if I want to relate a bit to, to the audience, I'm kind of going through a situation where I have to trust that the decisions that I made now will be better. So for example, you know, you decide to, you have, a, let's say you have a few people in your life that um, will cause or give you negative energy mm. and you make a decision to cut them out. Mm -hmm. The reason, or you have been in the situation for a long time, therefore you are afraid to leave it. So you try to keep it going and you keep pushing it, you keep pushing it. And then one day you might make a decision to cut out that negative energy. And I guess you have to trust that this is the right decision that you made for yourself. And, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's always difficult to jump to cross this, this point. And it also applies to, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's whether it's a relationship that you feel that you cannot be in, whether it's a job that you don't like, or a group of friends yeah. that you cannot be within, or even your current between you and yourself, which by the way, is the most important thing. If you look at yourself in the mirror and you say to yourself, this is not who I want to be for whatever reason, uh, you know, maybe um, you've made the mistake, you're not happy with yourself or uh, you keep putting yourself down or you, you know, you just feel bad about a lot of things. If you say, you look yourself in the mirror, which is the most important thing, and you say, I am not happy with this. Um, mm -hmm. I think this is the most easiest change you can make because I think with friends or with relationships or with a job, there's always, oh, what will the other person think? Some people are good at just saying, oh, you know, uh, I'm just going to leave this. But I think the easiest change you can make is look at yourself in the mirror because you're only going to talk to yourself. 
<laughs> you're mm-hmm. only gonna you're only gonna you know tell yourself you just look at yourself in the mirror and say i don't want you anymore to be like this i'm gonna change i think that's the easiest thing if you think about it that's the easiest thing because if you're somebody who cares about what other people think then changing yourself should not be an issue um that's a very good point there and it is yeah. easy to look at yourself and say you know i don't want to be that person anymore because there's no one else can think about what's what you're still saying at the same time you gotta have a reason why do you want to change of course i'm i'm only saying this because i tend to um whenever other people are involved uh in for example decisions that i would make or i want to make it tends to it tends to i i tend to it's part of us of obviously or part of some people's natures they tend to care a lot about what somebody might think or care about their feelings or mm-hmm. care about the impact when it comes to yourself if you're not happy with where you are i think it's the easiest thing that you could do is to look at yourself in the mirror and say i'm not happy with this and i'm going to make this change because then you're not really caring you're not worried about other people what they're thinking you're just going to change yourself um mm-hmm. that's 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 what i mean um so thank you for answering this uh, i know it was a very tough tough question um and and as we move forward i want you to be uh, of course under your own you know um uh, wherever you feel comfortable sharing but i want you to be a bit more specific with with some of the things that um you know either have happened to you so we can you know we can have a, a fuller sure. idea and we can take from there you know we can take the learnings from there um sure i'm glad you bring that up uh yeah. i t- i tend to get general about things and not specify but please hit me with anything you got yeah i i it's look i don't want this to be a a show where we're talking about all these philosophical things and they're all up in the air like like a podcast of people saying Fair enough. I want us to to be very specific. Um, I'm sure that you want to uh, help others as well. So having them listen to, and I'm going to get to this in one of the questions, uh, but uh, you know, I'm sure you want to, you want people to leave this having, having learned or maybe make a change in their life. I want that too. Sure. Um, so, so Basil, you're working as a life coach now, or are you not mm-hmm. a life coach yet? What's the deal? I wouldn't call myself a life coach. I'm a personal coach. I, I help people try to get better. Life coach is, it's a big name. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and I have some tough questions before we get into the, you know, the life sure. coach idea. Through all your hardships, your experiences, the terrible experiences that you've been through, the way you are now, and what you do to help others. Is that not, uh, this is a bit philosophical, but you can, you can can specify. Is that not a, is that not a a selfish act? And what I mean is, um, uh, so altruism, I was trying to do a bit of research actually for the show to try to find, because I actually learned it in university and I'm not sure if it's August Comte, uh, who okay. said who said that but basically who coined the term he coined the term altruism um is that you know if you let's say you're walking down the street and you uh you see um 
um, uh, maybe a homeless person, you give them something, food maybe, or some money. Uh, uh, it's all the classic example, right? Um, you're helping that person. But in another way, you're, you're kind of doing that because you, you want to feel good Obviously. inside. Yeah, you want to feel good inside. And I actually read another, uh, another funny story of Abraham Lincoln with his <clears throat> good friend. They were, um, through my research, I found that it. it was a very, very funny story. They were on a coach and they see um, uh, a, mother, a mother pig, which was squealing mm. because its piglets mm. were stuck in the mud. So mm -hmm. he asks the coach driver to stop. The, the coach driver says if the other person accepts and his friend accepted. So Abraham Lincoln got off the coach. He picked up the piglets one by one and put them obviously next to the mother. Mm -hmm. and his friend was like, I mean, you know, what was, isn't that the most selfish act that you could do? And Abraham Lincoln mm -hmm. said, well, yes, because can you imagine now if we, continue throughout this day, I will never have peace of mind thinking what's mm -hmm. going to happen to the, um, in that situation. And I will be the first one to say that I'm exactly like that. Um, <laughs> I will spend the rest of the day or whatever, just thinking that how can I not help this person? Because I want peace of mind, whether peace of mind is selfishness or not, this is another discussion, but that's my question to you, to you is, um, okay. Doing what so you it do. goes both ways, Adia. Okay. It goes both ways, Adia. You know, uh, I actually watched one of your po previous podcasts with a lady, and she also mentioned, you know, people help others to feel good about themselves. And... Oh, you went far back. That's good. I, I like to also know who I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Can you define selfish for me? Or what well, do we see selfish as? That's a very good question, I think. Uh, selfish, it's more about you uh, doing something for, um, for yourself mm. because you're expecting, uh, you're expecting a return, you know, whether it's a... So the intention... Yeah. So, sorry to cut you off there. So the intention is doing it for yourself, correct? Then, well... I see where you're getting at. Yes, it's kind of like you're doing it for yourself because you want to feel, for example, the peace of mind example. Mm -hmm. I want to do that to have peace of mind. Mm. You know, so I'm, I'm in a way, I'm selfish because I'm doing that uh, for peace of mind. And and by all means, uh, I think we should probably challenge the concept of selfishness because we are brought up with that being super negative, also like a super negative thing. And then now we're in this whole, oh, you're, it's fine to be selfish. It's fine to do stuff for yourself and all this kind of stuff, you know? Uh, so somebody give us the answer, please. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, okay. So before we get into the, the, the term selfish, I, I just asked it just to understand a little bit more what you see selfish as. So I'll give you a personal example. When I started this job, this coaching job, I still wasn't happy with myself. And I always felt like I want to help people. I want to do good. You know, I want to do good. I want to help people. And I started helping people. And I noticed that I'm helping them for gratification. 
And I'm not afraid to say that here online because that's the truth. I noticed I was helping these people so I can feel good. Oh yeah, I, I, I helped someone, you know? And then I changed my view of it to change me as well. I said to myself, before I go into any session, I tell myself, my intention here is to serve this person and nothing else. I'm not here to serve myself. I'm here to serve this person. At the same time, when I do serve them, when I'm there for them, forget the gratification that I'm getting, which I try to take away. <clears throat> this also creates an image in me that, oh, I'm selfless. I'm serving, you know? So it's a, a kind of a loop that you, you want to know how you get out of it, how you serve and just serve and not be selfish. And how do I, or how do I like, you know, help myself with this? So in my opinion, when you have the intention to be there for someone, whatever you get from it, if you get something from it, gratification, validation, attention, selfish, whatever you want to call it. Okay, okay, no problem. As long as you're, that's not your goal. Your end goal is to help this person help themselves. Mishana Jay said that to pamper you, to spoon feed you. No. My intention here is to serve. I'll give you an example with your significant other. When you're there to serve them, like we mentioned before, right? Sometimes we serve and we expect to be served. And that expectation, that feeling is going to come up either with work or with your significant other. When it comes up, it depends on what you do to respond to this feeling. You can sit with it. You sit with this feeling. It's here. Okay. I'm going to let it pass. I'm not going to succumb to it. If it's helping me, it's helping me. Sure. I don't feel like we need to create such a... put a heavy load on ourselves from this, you know? As long as you know your intention. And sometimes we don't. Sometimes we think we know our intention, but we don't. Until someone wakes you up and tells you, hey, you're doing this for you. You're not doing this for anyone else. It's a very difficult um, uh, process yeah. to, I think, understand, uh, understand that. Um, I think for, uh, let's say, maybe doctors, healthcare workers in general, of course, mm -hmm. there is, a, there is a, a, a side to it, which is their own personal benefit to advance in their career, to learn more, to know how to do different procedures, to be better at this type of surgery, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, maybe their uh, initial, like the Hippocratic oath, you know, the, the beginning, the base mm -hmm. of it is that you will help someone no matter who they are. This is mm -hmm. your job, uh, mm -hmm. which is the Hippocratic oath. Is you take it as, as a doctor, a healthcare worker, this is your, it is your sworn duty to help someone no matter, no matter what, but with, you know, with the rest of us, I think there is no, I think, yes, you can, what you said at the beginning is assume or say to yourself that my end goal is to, to help this uh, person. My intention is to help this person. They can help themselves, but I think you can't not help feel something or feel good that you help that person. And this is, I think, uh, I don't want to turn this into a, you know, 
philosophy class, but I think this is the the open question that uh, whether that's right, that's wrong, who cares? Um, you know, maybe that makes us all better if we all help each other or you can work, mm -hmm. uh, you can uh, continue to live your life as uh, really just caring about yourself mm -hmm. because that seems to work. That seems to work as well. Um, whether you leave a, a trail of ashes in your wake, if you look at it, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm playing the other side here. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, people can do that and they can go far places and they can, uh, they can uh, be very, you know, very good in, in everything that they do. And I think it's also wrong to say that they are wrong because they're taking care of themselves. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of like my, my follow. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult to have a definitive answer, you know, like, um, I feel like we tend to see ourselves as gaining something, someone else gaining something. When we can like also help ourselves and others by saying like, okay, I'm human and he, that person's human. You know, I'm there for this human. And if, if by being there for this human, it's going to be there for myself, then so be it. Yeah, yeah. Next question is, what was the inflection point in your life that caused you to make these drastic changes was it australia was it just the re mm. revelation of everything that you've been through or was there was there like a i i like to ask people if there was a one one moment in their lives that caused them to change okay um i see it as a few moments put together not one for me at least you know australia was a moment it changed me in some ways, not completely, drastically. It wasn't a switch. Um, coming here changed me as well a little bit. And the most thing that helped me out was confronting myself. There's, there's this saying, and I also don't want to get into very philosophical, but there's a saying that says, uh, by Carl Jung, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will... Uh, run your life and you'll call it fate so it's just like life tends to give you again and again and again and again and again until you wake up and go like this is happening again no i'm not gonna let that happen I'm taking this other route so that's why like i'm saying it's just different steps there's not one specific point do you want to know those different steps? I can specifically. Well, I, I would say i would say just tell me what's maybe the the top moment hmm where you were sitting in yourself and you you said, I'm done. Mm. I'm done with this. It wasn't long ago. I was with my coach. I get coached too. So I was with my coach. And I told him, I have expectations, I have control in these areas, I like this and that. And he looks at me, he's like, oh, you're a narcissist. And I looked at him like, excuse me? <laughs> He's like, you have narcissistic behavioral traits, Basil. And you're borderline going to become an abuser. The abused becomes the abuser, usually. 
And he's like, it's your decision. You want to take that path, take it. You want to take this other path, you can take it. It's yours. And I was scared shitless. I was terrified inside that I am this person. And I knew it. He woke me up and I knew I had no doubt. I had nothing to say to be defensive about. And since that day, every day, I do my very best not to be that. I'm not going to tell you I am or I'm not. It's a process. Well, so that's the it. first step, the first step is acceptance, uh, I guess, and also re, uh, uh, realization or uh, knowing knowing what the problem is. Obviously, you cannot solve mm. your problem if you don't know uh, what that is. Mm -hmm. It's acceptance, and, and you can add to it a bit of forgiveness as well. And correct. I don't know if I'm at the point where I forgive myself, but I'm adding to it forgiveness, for example, for my father. You know. Yeah. You usually become what you don't like. Yeah. At least for me. So what did you feel in those moments or like say that moment uh, with with your coach? Like what was the, um, the, the that was that a feeling of despair? Was it feeling like slap myself, need to wake up? What did you feel in that uh, that down moment? Internally. I felt I felt like I felt afraid in despair especially that I may have manipulated others I may have caused harm to others by thinking of me and what I want, when I want it. And I also felt despair for the lack of courage I felt at that moment to actually change. Like my, the first words I uttered from my mouth to my coach was, please help me. I don't know what to do. And I don't feel like I have the courage to do it. And I don't want to go on like this. Not for me, for others. I don't want to do this to others. And if this is going to happen, if I can't move forward, I want to separate myself from everyone. And that's what I felt. Interesting. Uh, yeah, because... You were mentioning even before that you did not have a defense, like you didn't have anything to say that, no, I'm not like this, or that's not true, or, you know, you were saying that earlier. Yeah. When he mentioned that, you, you were kind of like, oh, yeah, this is the, uh, yeah, because he's right. He's right, yes, because I've always been a smart talker. Mm. I've always known how to get my way with talking. And I forgive myself, I don't judge myself because as a child, I had to do that. I knew nothing mm. better. Mm. But that sticks with us moving forward. We don't notice, we think that's us, you know? So yeah, at that point, I had no words as, 
good I, as I am with words, I had no words to do anything, to say anything. It's very interesting, man. Um, um, and thank you for sharing that, uh, that moment. Uh, it's quite uh, very significant, I want to say. Very significant. Um, and uh, talking about uh, 2020, um, you were, you were mm -hmm. saying that this was a year of your self-discovery. Um, I want to say, I want to ask you, a I want to ask you a different, like a, a, a challenge question here. Okay. It's a, it's a bit of a challenge question. Um, May I comment just before you ask? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Self-discovery isn't la la la. Self-discovery is going like, oh, fuck. That's who I am. Shit. Fuck. No. Screams, cries. That's self-discovery. It's not like, oh, okay. Hey. <laughs> I, I, I completely agree. I'm not, uh, <laughs> that was, thank God that was not my question. Um, okay. That was not my question. Um, my, my question was more similar. To, well, it's, it's a, it's a challenge question. It's, it's like, sure. uh, are you not saying that it was a self-discovery time because simply it's for once in, in the recent human history where people were able to slow down? Like I would come and tell mm -hmm. you, well, okay, uh, if you didn't have this pandemic, would you still be the same? You know, you wouldn't mm -hmm. even have had the self-discovery. So it's got nothing to do with the pandemic. Okay. The pandemic has a lot to do with others. Maybe if I was still comfy in my parents' house, money coming in, whatever, whatever, and pandemic happened, I'd still be the same person. You know, but. When you're forced against a wall, you have nothing else. That's what forces you to change. Psychology says that change comes after massive defeat. After you hit rock bottom, that's when you decide Fuck, no more. Not when things are good. And the pandemic can have, could have helped people with slowing down, you know, with losing their jobs, with and I'm not downplaying anyone here. I can't imagine how difficult it would be to go through something like that. Um, so yeah, it can help others. For me, it wasn't really the case because I was still okay despite the pandemic. Other shit hit the fan, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I ask that uh, because you know, it could have, it could be a, uh, a driver, which is not wrong, but um, mm. it could be a driver to either learn new skills or to, uh, uh, to make a change in, in, in your life. And I, you know, personally, it, it has, it, it, um, it has helped me uh, to do, to, to learn more about, um, to learn some new skills, I want to say, uh, to, to take mm. control of a few more things um uh, for example whether it's the show uh or a few things in in my life financially for example that kind of stuff uh so i won't mm -hmm. i won't deny that it has uh i was just yeah. wondering because you you kind of highlighted that year as your year of self-discovery yeah so the, with the pandemic like there's many people that you know built on their skills like you're saying you know figure out some stuff organized which was good, you know, it's wonderful. Just for me, it was 
I couldn't build on or or, or do because or, because I, I was in a state emotionally, mentally where I was lost, and I, that that was it. Actually, maybe helped with not having to meet people outside, not having to uh, go in to work in front of people. So I had that time for myself. So yes, it did help in some way. Yeah. Okay. With with all your different skills uh, that you mentioned. Um, you use like as a life coach yeah um, how do how do you use those skills to help others like is they do you follow the same process with every person no. or is there like a discovery process yeah. okay so there's a foundation that i i use um and it's the skill that i learned which is a listening skill instead of talking so some people just need to be heard and seen okay to get out of what they're in some people need to be confronted it depends so <clears throat> i try to listen to what this person says as in not just the story but the words they're using you know and i really really listen and i use this tactic where i motivate them to change with their own ideas and mm -hmm. words because the best ideas for that person come from them not from me i'm not going to suggest anything new to them you know it's like i try to unwind their thoughts make it clearer for them and help them see what they're not seeing and to be seen themselves and is this related somehow to, uh, you, you mentioned at the end of your, you know, when I asked you, uh, well, I sent you that email with the questions, you ended it by saying, uh, speaking the truth and being vulnerable is a way for mm. someone to not lose themselves. Is that a part of your method? Is that part of the way that you approach with people? Do you ask them to, because people might have built constructs where if they show weakness, then this is wrong. Mm. Or if maybe they're mm. used to lying, this is wrong. Uh, okay. This is wrong, but I'm saying yes. they're used to lying. <laughs> um, that's sorry, that speaking the truth is maybe not um, not the best approach. Um, but explain how okay. is it related to, you know, your, you know, your method and, and how does that, you know, someone realize that they don't lose themselves? Okay. Sometimes... This is me personally, I don't mean to be projecting on others, but sometimes we don't even know that we're not speaking the truth because of how much we've lied to ourselves. You know what I mean? And at the same time, what I do my best to do all the time with my different sessions is I try to just create that safe space for them. Because if someone doesn't feel safe, they're not going to be vulnerable, they're not going to say stuff, they're not going to blurt out stuff that they didn't expect to blurt out. And they didn't even know themselves, you know? So it's just a safe space, man. Mm. Trust, building trust. And the best way to build trust is to help the other person see this person, that's me, for example, in front of them. It's the same as them. So there's this saying, I think Tony Robbins says it, I'm not sure. People want to be like people who are like them or who they want to be like. Okay? And vice versa. So what I do my best to do is I listen 
I let them, I let them speak, speak, speak. And when they do speak, I, I rephrase, I, I, I um, summarize what they've said in a more uh, solid manner rather than scattered. So I'm taking notes, I can see what they're doing. I've tried to map out where they're thinking, where they're, where, what's going on with them. And I help them. So I speak back to them in their language. You know, I'm no different than them. Because this session is not about me telling them about me or me telling them about other stuff. Me telling them about them, what they're saying, what they're doing, so they can see it themselves. And once you map it out for them like that, they get to understand, they see it, and then some harsh truths come in. My coaching sessions aren't all happy and dandy, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of confrontation. There's a lot of other yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this method of visualizing um, visualizing your uh, maybe hardships or visu just visualizing anything that you want, uh, I, I do agree with that. I, I don't agree with just sitting and chatting only mm. you can do that and and uh, your method i think is of of listening and stuff okay that's 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 great but uh, i think then writing it down or asking somebody to write it down asking your client to write it down is also very important because once you maybe i'm saying this because oh, i'm they're very always okay um because i think the simple act of writing something down and also tony robbins said that the actual uh, uh, practice of actually writing it down, even if you're not going to look at it later, it will come to your mind, yeah. But also visualizing that, for example, uh, I have an issue with, let's say, I don't show my, uh, my emotion properly, for example, write it down. I have to be clear with my emotions. Or for example, um, mm. I'm not happy with a specific person. And you're just saying that mm. in your mind. Write it down. I am not happy with mm. person X. I think that uh, that uh, changes a lot of people's perspectives um, in how to solve the problem, because because if you it. yeah because if you if you apply it, let's say apply it to to a home environment, right? Let's say the bed is mm. not made, right? Mm. But the bed is is not made. You're gonna make it. Mm -hmm. But you wouldn't have done that had you not seen it. So I think that's maybe true. that's the same way you can apply to that. Write something down. If you look at it and you say, yeah, that's true. That's a problem I need to solve. And then it's a task on your list now. And I think when it gets to your task, your list of tasks, your to-do list of the day, that's when you've made it. I think then that's when it becomes part of your daily routine, which will allow you to change your thought process. Absolutely. You're very right about writing things down. Uh, one, to take it in, and two, also to see it in front of you. If you. What you don't see, you can't change. And with my sessions, for example, I provide them with something that I take from the holistic psychologist online. It's called the Future Self Journal. Um, so in the session, they write down what they need to write down, what any realizations, what they're seeing, and what happens here is um, I give them the future self journal and, and they write down, okay, what am I thinking? What emotion comes up with this thought? What behavior do I do? Okay, so I'm thinking, oh, my bed's a mess. You know, I never uh, clean my bed. What's the emotion 
anger, fear, sadness, whatever it is. What's the behavior? I don't do my best. Okay, three steps. And then you do the next three steps. What's the new you going to do? You know, the more you write that, like you're saying, the more it gets onto your to-do list, the more you tick it off and tick it off and tick it off and it becomes a habit. You know, the, the trick here is to do one thing every 30 days. You know, it takes 21 to 30 days to create a new habit. So you do one thing. You don't want to overwhelm yourself. You want to honor yourself as well, knowing that who you are now may, may not be able to start with a 20-kilometer run. No, you want to run for 20 meters and then... You know, next day, add five. Next day, add five. When I asked you for a picture of yourself, you had a very mm-hmm. interesting answer. You said uh, that you don't have many. And mm-hmm. um, from, from this response, I kind of realized a few things. I realized that you're, um, you're somebody who doesn't care about missing out. So if you miss out on something, you don't care. Uh, you prefer the simple things in life. And um, you look inwards about fixing yourself. Is this a correct observation? <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you put it. Uh, you should be a therapist yourself, Sarahad. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I don't think you go there yet. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't always like that. You know, I was well, someone sure. who really. Yeah, like, oh my God, I need to be in a hundred thousand places at once. I have to do 10 things at once. Now it's like, I'm here. You know, I don't need to pick up the phone and take a picture. I'm looking at it with my eyes. Let it nourish my soul. Hmm. I just noticed that because I've, I, 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 even, even when I asked you again, please send me a photo in landscape. You do like, this is the only one I have. And it just, again, it just reaffirmed to me that, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter if you've missed a moment or it doesn't matter if you don't have a photo or something. And uh, I'm just saying that because also part of me is, is um, in contrast, I have like, I like to take photos. I like to capture moments. Um, I like to have these memories. I like to go back and remember. Sometimes it's probably a bad thing because you kind of, it's part of your brain that lives in the past. That's, I'm just saying because part of mm-hmm. your brain lives in the past. But I like to remember these nice moments because they give me happiness. And um, Can I tell you a secret? Tell me. I wish I could have you there with me in those moments because I always want someone to take a picture of that moment. I just don't want to take it myself. Oh, okay. You know? Fine. Okay, fair because enough. Because I like looking back too. <laughs> okay, nice. Fair enough. Fair enough. In the future, maybe. Um, hopefully. Um, hopefully. Um, and that will lead me to the uh, final kind of question about, uh, about, you know, this whole, everything that we've been discussing is, what do you think about the instant gratification culture right now? And uh, before you know, even you even answer, I'm I am a victim of that. I we all I, are. I, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll answer you with what my mentor has told me. Okay, and just to let people know, in case they want validation behind who my mentor is, he's a doctor. He's a president of a few universities here and there, the departments of psychology, and he specializes in Gestalt psychology. Okay. Um, 
He says we have the animal brain and the human brain. Okay? If you look back, ancient Egypt, which animal did they have? The cat, right? Mm -hmm. And he tells me people think they worship the cat, yes? Okay. He says on the contrary. He says they had the cat next to them to remind them that they were in control of their animal brain and they were in their human brain. So if I were to explain the animal brain and human brain, animal brain, cavemen, uh, always anxious, always fearful, always ready. Yalla, now, okay, I'm going to get this. I'm going to kill this. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to do this for me, 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 me. Why? Because back in the day, we're humans. We didn't have uh, teeth like lions do. We didn't have bodies like uh, gorillas do. You know what I mean? Humans, what, are, what do we have except for this impulse, this uh, fight, flight, freeze? Okay? And that's the animal brain. And that's where instant gratification comes from. Okay? The human brain knows the difference between what's really dangerous and what's not. Knows the difference between instant gratification and an outcome later on with these negative emotions along the way. So we have like a positive uh, emotional appreciation and a negative emotional appreciation, right? Positive emotional appreciation comes from this animal brain, uh, instant gratification. Okay, I, I ate a full cake. Right now I feel positive. In an hour or two, I'm going to feel like shit. You know what I mean? Uh, not that I don't like eating full cakes. <laughs> um, however, <laughs> um, so for us to move from the animal brain to the human brain, we could seek help. We could also at the same time know that, you know, say you want to get a degree. You want to get a degree so you can get a job. Okay. You look at this degree, oh, I don't want to do this degree. It's hard. You do the first subject, it's done. And the second is done. You're in your fourth semester already. You go like, shit, how'd that pass so quickly? And you're done with it. And what's the outcome from all those negative emotional things along the way? You have a degree in your hand. Yeah, yeah. The animal brain wants to buy the degree like they do in Lebanon sometimes. I won't name names. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's very interesting. I never you know, thought of it that way, uh, that it came from even this, um, from your mentor. It, it goes back to even that, like the difference between the... Uh, the brain mechanism. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think of it that way. Or I, at least I had thought it's just simply because they, they have to get it now because it's part of the survival, but it's somehow weaved. Survival is part of animal brain. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's now somehow weaved into just our current cultures. It just happened to me like today. Uh, there's a connection that I'm missing for, for, for a new device that I got. And he went online. I need to find find out. I need to get it now because I need to get it now because it's going to take a few days to arrive. So I need to have it now to make sure that I have it as part of the kit. You know, so it was it was just something that happened. Um, and it's so easy to access that instant gratification. Exactly. 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 Um, so Basil, I want to switch this around a bit. Uh, and sure. give you the floor since you are an advo uh, advocate of communication. How about you steer the conversation for a while? Maybe 
go ahead and ask me, you know, uh, one or two questions here and there. Nice turn of events. Um, oh, how the tables have turned. <laughs> so, um, you mentioned earlier that you were in events, you're an event planner. And you've got this podcast challenging people on what they do, who they are, and how things are. At the same time, I noticed that, like, there is also that playful boy in you with uh, gaming and whatnot, based on what I see behind you. So how do you, how do you, <laughs> how do you get into event planning, and how do you also decide to take on this type of podcast? Um, it's a good question. Uh, the the way I entered in events was uh, kind of like a. It was kind of like a mistake, I guess. Mm -hmm. It was just, you know, right time, you know, right time, right place. I was, I was, um, I started my career after graduating. I started my career in a, in a different company mm -hmm. of which I, I had met two important people. One of them was not impactful to my life, but one was, uh, someone who, you know, somebody that you know from afar, but you know that if you, whenever they come into your life, they really give you a good impact and they're very mm -hmm. smart. And, you know, you don't talk to them as much in your life, but whenever they do, it's a very meaningful and uh, important uh, thing. And I just didn't, I didn't end up staying in that company. It was through my, you know, it was through my uh, father that uh, there was this, uh, contact that we knew in events mm -hmm. and th that's how I started and actually it was very different than what I studied which is economics so mm -hmm. you know I was I entered I started an internship in in doing you know in working in a company which I didn't know what to expect I didn't know anything and I would I would spend you know I would spend um, sometimes hours you know a day hoping something would happen uh, mm -hmm. or to do something and it, it's just it's part of you know it's just part of you know starting on a new job and all that stuff it's nothing nothing new and uh, that's how I started and from there you know things things start to evolve you start getting into uh, you, you you personally start to speak up more you start to challenge yourself more take on more responsibilities and um, mm -hmm. you know that from there the rest of of it is kind of history I mean it was it was more of like you know, I need to to continue challenging myself. Try to try to get better. I did leave for a while to go study and come back. And when I came back, actually, that was my second, um, you know, um, tenure working in events. And and that was that that which is the current chapter that I'm in right now. And that's where I actually um, met uh, my my co-founder who to cut the long story short in a way is he kind of, I want to say, uh, was the catalyst to allow me to create such a show. Mm -hmm. And we did not want to, uh, you know, restrict the type of people that we would interview or rather mm -hmm. the show is now changing to the fact that there always, you have shows talking about 
celebrities and famous people and mm -hmm. sort of um, not having a show where, and I say show because those with celebrities and stuff, it is a show. But having a show where you can have the, you can have the realism of a conversation in the spotlight of a show, you know, of a, you know, but, mm -hmm. and to give, to give people the chance to speak their, speak about their experiences. It's, it's, it, the show is now evolving, you know, from where it was before that, you know, why do you have to be famous to be interesting to more of, let's give people the chance, you just, because when you look at the list of people that are, you know, have been on and will be on in the future, that this is a place that um, it's empowering, you know, the, the, it's, it's always been what we've, you know, set out to do is empowering the, uh, the, 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 the importance of speech, the importance of conversation mm -hmm. and to give people the chance to, you know, um, uh, to, 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 to share their story. And I don't, I just want to make this a bit clear. I don't like to challenge people for the sake of challenging them. I want to challenge people because uh, I want them to challenge themselves, but to also realize or maybe um, find that, you know, that they have the answer within themselves, not to question themselves, but they have the answer that they can respond to this challenge and mm -hmm. they can, you know, they can further advance what they're trying to do. And I would like others who may be in the same position or feel like what we started talking about at the beginning of the show is they feel that they may not have any skills or they may feel that they cannot um, go somewhere because of themselves, that they are the only obstacle standing in their own way, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And uh, to add to that, the reason I'm, I'm doing that also is because I was like that. You know, I couldn't... Okay. Yeah, I also couldn't imagine that I would be, uh, it's not the main reason that I'm doing this, but the main reason was I always wanted to create content as well, something that I could share. And I, I have this, I had a talent that I want to utilize, but mm -hmm. uh, I was in a position where I could just, you know, uh, I, I would just depend or not learn or just be there. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to take control as well. Um, mm -hmm. And, 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 show others that no matter from where you, you start, you can get the required skills and push, push yourself. Of course, within, within, within limits. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> it does answer my question. Uh, I'd, I'd like to like comment on it, if you don't mind. Um, so firstly, you said you graduated economics degree and then went into event planning. Uh, that must have been maybe a form of, like, why are we in this system in some in some way? Like, did you ask yourself that? Or you just like, it's okay, it's going with the flow. I always ask myself that. Okay. You know, and I used to ask myself that a lot before and people would say, yeah, yeah, you never work in what you study. It's not true. I wanted to, I wanted to actually work any economics. I wanted to work for, let's say, an NGO. I wanted to work with the UN, with large, you know, bodies that that were were helping people use my skills. But um, sometimes, 
you know, going with the flow is also good. And just getting the experience that you need to get to be in the corporate world is very good skills to have. And to get the skills to be able to present, to be able to have a meeting with others, to be able to write a great uh -huh. email, to be able to uh, negotiate uh, uh -huh. contracts. These are all skills that I wouldn't, maybe I would have learned them somewhere else, but um, I've learned how to organize, uh, delegate, write, uh, uh -huh. you know, write contracts, negotiate, uh, uh, work mm -hmm. with people, use your relationships with people mm -hmm. to not simply get what you want, but for them to get what they want also. And I'm not talking about negotiation. I'm saying you can, you can, it's obviously it's everything is a negotiation, but you can support. Yeah. You can build a connection with somebody to tell them that, you know, just help me now. And then I can help you later. Uh, we can work together on something else. And just building relationships of trust, because in events, for example, uh, a lot of it you need to. A lot of it is also, no, no not everything, but there's a lot of trust involved and uh, last-minute things, and you have to sc sometimes scramble. And throughout all the stress and throughout all the, the, you know, the blood rush and all this stuff, you have to find a way to, to have people who have your back, who can. Mm -hmm support and give you the kind of like support that you need when it comes to the point where you get a call and say this needs to be done tomorrow and okay you need uh, you need so so a lot of the skills that comes along the way and sometimes you see others like i see my colleagues go through it and how they handle it and you learn from that mm -hmm. and they they teach you so there's a lot of mm -hmm. um i think there is you know, when you can learn these skills, I wouldn't say that, okay, I should have worked in economics, you know. I, I, I regardless still learned a lot of skills that um, maybe would have been, I would have been uh, different. But again, I can't be in two places at once. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know what I would have said if I was in the other position. And going back to what we talked about at the beginning is I am where I am right now with, with the experience that I've gained. And uh, it has helped me to do whether to work on the show or to work on myself or to organize my my life. It shows a lot how, how it helped you organize the show, your life, and whatnot. Uh, the way you communicate here is um, very smart. At the same time, when you said before, when you challenge people, you challenge them not just to challenge them, but to uh, let them bring out the answer in themselves. So like, and you mentioned before that you wanted to work in NGOs and you answered, it looks like you have a very strong humanitarian side of you, correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, you use that here on the show to bring out the best in the people that you're interviewing, which is, which is wonderful. I, I never, I never uh, expected it would be the case. I, I always thought that the only path was through work, believe it or not, but. I thank you for mm -hmm. that. It's a correct uh, observation in, in some respects. I, I, I am selfish. I am selfish. I'm not afraid to you say that. Right but, uh, but I think that um, whether I, I, um, I'm speaking to people here on the show or whenever we have a chance to speak to the audience, uh, I want mm -hmm. them to leave uh, having learned, learned something or they can benefit from it. 
it's wonderful that you want them to leave and benefit. At the same time, you're saying you're selfish. I think, Ali, we got to define, uh, redefine the word selfish because society has really, like, took a shit on it. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Indeed. Um, do, you have, uh, do you have more questions for me? I'd like to sit and have coffee with you sometime in person. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, this was a therapy session for myself and the way you're communicating as well, you present yourself really well, man. And I appreciate this time. So I'd, I'd love to like meet up in person. I know you're moving, moving abroad maybe soon and I'm not really there, but we can like always zoom over a coffee. <laughs> yeah, the time, the time will, will come for sure. Um, Absolutely. I appreciate your comments as well. Um, and, 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 and with that, my, my, my final question will be to you, mm -hmm. uh, Basil, is, is why did you decide to come on the show? What's, why did you decide to, to be a part of this? What's, what's the reason? One, a friend of mine told me about your show and I was interested to see what a fellow Shwefati is doing, even though I didn't know you. Um, and two, I watched your videos and it was really nice, you know, the way you're talking to people, the way you're just giving that space. And I'm a big advocate of giving someone the space to speak and to be seen and whatnot. And maybe there was also selfish of me. I wanted to come on and talk about me, but yeah, who cares? Like I relax. That's the space that I'm giving. So absolutely, man, absolutely, yeah. and also to su to support uh, a, a fellow human, a fellow brother, or whatever you want to call it, because like I know how it is also going online and starting your thing and trying stuff out. So the more the yeah. merrier. Well, thank you for that, uh, Basil, and I appreciate that. It's um, some great observations, and 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 with that, I want to say that we have reached the end of the show. Awesome. It's been it's been an absolute yeah yeah it's uh, it's it's been an absolute uh, pleasure chatting with you. Um, do you have any last uh, last words that you want to say? It's been a pleasure, Ali, and thank you for this space. It's wonderful what you're doing, and keep at it. And if you need anything, I come here to support. Thank you, Basil. Thank you, guys. This has been an awesome awesome <laughs> chat with the one and only Basil Zahar. Zahar Coaching, make sure you check him out on his new journey. Uh, this has been the Nobody's Famous Podcast. You can find us on Anrami, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, Radio Public, TuneIn, I don't know, everywhere, any, any favorite Google podcasts, uh, anything. And you can watch the full episode on YouTube. Make sure you check out our emotions as we answer these questions. <laughs> um, God knows there's a lot of them this time around. Uh, make sure you check us out. This has been the Nobody's Famous Podcast, signing off.